Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this week's episode, I was joined by Kim Bruce talking about the fact there is just the one life and we need to make the most of it. I do want to put a trigger warning on this podcast because there is talk of suicide, cancer, mental health issues and murder or culpable homicide as it is spoken about in the podcast. If any of that would be difficult for you to hear, then please do take good care of yourself. This was a really hard at times conversation. But definitely one worth having and I think definitely one worth listening to. I'm very grateful to Kim for sharing as much as she did and for standing in her truth and sharing it with us all. Kim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're welcome, Han. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, tell us a bit about you. A bit about me? Well, there's a whole lot to tell about me, but... um... I'm a business manager in the northeast of Scotland. Single, hardworking, educated, funny. I've got a daughter. <laughs> um, although I'm still thinking I'm a young thing, but I'm not really because my daughter will be thirty next year. Yeah. <laughs> so darling, so darling, Kim. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And that's the main crux. Uh-huh. Working away, looking forward to that to retirement, which is a long way away as yet, but. Um, We'll keep working towards it. <laughs> we'll keep working towards it and uh, living the hope of that lottery win every Friday. Aye, exactly, exactly. So I know you've been thinking about this. I can't wait to hear. Tell me, Kim, what do you know for sure? I know for sure that there is one life and you've got to make the best of it. Yeah. That's one thing. I know lots of things for sure, but that's something I've found out. Age doesn't come in its own. So you pick a few of these tips up on that to journey called life and there's a few wee bumps in the road uh-huh. and so what led you in knowing that for sure I think being with uh, an employer to start with in oil and gas and been there 21 years and seeing people you worked with that you assumed were friends over the years and build up these long bonds with and when industry comes to a bit of a turn down a lot of people behaving uncharacteristically just to save a job mm-hmm. and um, whilst appreciating that uh, money we can't live on love to see people that you've been friends with actually try and keep those jobs and put their best friends out of jobs and be quite ruthless and the behaviours and attitudes that was around that was one thing that I thought you've got one life you need to grasp it yeah. there's a bit of a ceiling the grasp the nettle Mm-hmm. And, and all the stresses and strains that go with that and um, actually quite heartbreaking and demotivational not the situation but that behaviour and to see things go down the tubes a bit yes, that and is... that's a hard lesson to learn and I suppose I know obviously that you're up in Aberdeen so in gas and oil I mean that downturn that came we sort of all witnessed that from afar didn't we because it was in the mm-hmm. news and everything like that but I don't think I've ever thought of the impact that had on individuals. I think so. Well, I suppose being at the grand old age of 53 now, we've had a few things that's kind of happened in life and globally and in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that is part of the, the evolution. I mean, if you look at what happened, and I even hate to bring up 
the pandemic, that's had a, a similar effect. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about oil and gas and it being a big thing, but actually in the whole scheme of life and what goes around, it's a very small drop in the ocean, this oil and gas, and it's a privileged place to be. Mm-hmm. That unfortunately, um, I believe, and this is just my thoughts, that a city or the people didn't invest enough in and forward thinking. Yeah. Self-righteous is their own we word I'm looking for, but when you say somebody feels like they've got a right to this, is it self-righteous? And there's a lot entitled, of that kind of maybe? Entitled. Thank you. Yes. There's a great sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. I believe, up in the northeast and working within which now they call the energy because that's what's happening with oil and gas and now. Yeah. Yeah, energy out with oil and gas. Well, no, you cannot just be out with something that we've invested a lot of time and money and expertise in. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be a, a money-making thing to get somebody into the energy sector. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Okay. With all that happening, it's a bit, you know, you see different changes in lives and attitudes. And still, when the pandemic comes, you see something completely different. Mm-hmm. Something completely different. People don't want to work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of get the resources, the people to come in. I think there's too much a play on the word resources. Yeah. I like to think of people as being human well, beings and uh-huh. a resource is a, a tool. It's a car you get to go to your work or a bus or something, a vehicle Aye. almost. Uh-huh. And along with all these life changes and stresses and things, it comes, your health has got a big part to play. Everything's all linked Mm-hmm. I believe the stress we feel, that redundancies and the stresses that we feel and seeing behaviours change. I mean, you get a bit um, more wiser. I mean, they say that age is wasted on, experience is wasted on the youth, or energy, something like that, is wasted on the youth. Yeah. If you get to this age and you go, well, I wish I'd done that differently and mm-hmm. I wish I never got stressed about this. And it's people that's important and do the right thing and, and look after yourself a wee better. Remember our cause and effect now. You know, there's a lot of discussions about mental health. Mm-hmm. So much so that I think they've actually trivialised what's really been going on for a lot of years. And they blamed the pandemic for it. Mm. Nothing to do with the pandemic. Yep. We are the cause ourselves in many of these things. Kim's kind of known for saying what everybody's thinking in the room and then gets ushered out very quickly. Mm-hmm. But I was recently at a mental health type conference and yes, let's make this, let's do this to stop mental health. What can you do? And I'm like, stop calling people resources. Be leaders. Stop expecting people to work 24-7 and sending them emails. Mm-hmm. Stop putting the pressure on, putting everybody into scoring scenarios against friends and colleagues just to do the right legal thing and make sure us as Pressure, 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 pressure. Ah, I resonate with so much of this and I do work with different teams and one of the things that I think is very, very basic that I see quite often is like, remember when you're with your colleague, you're a person talking to another person. Absolutely. We are not just our numbers, we're not just our job titles, we are people and let's build on how we can be better as people together. Not just because I think if we get that right, then everything else will flow from it. But you're right, at some point we decided to call people resources. Yeah, um, I heard someone saying that once. Um, let's just use Kim as an example. Oh, Kim, she's a really useful resource to have around. And I, I what did you call? That's terrible. In fact, one of the companies that I've been at, I've been, at, been there for 21 years. 
and as well as the role that I had, which was kind of a lower middle management type role. Well, you're a leader, Kim, and you're really good with people, so you can be responsible for the head of consultation for redundancy because you can talk to people. Yeah. As you can see, I don't look 53, and um, I'm probably not allowed to swear, so we'll just use the You can acronyms. if you want, actually, Kim. No, let's call it a WTF moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you work in some... Um, some of the people that I've had to engage with, your eyebrows go that far up your head and it's got the WTF moment. There's no way I'm going to need Botox for quite a few years. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> and did you do it? Did you manage the consult? I mean, that's a big bit of work that I wouldn't take on, I don't think. <laughs> it, it does because you have to watch people that you've worked with and coached and nurtured throughout the business people that have been your bosses, people that are your bosses, get them to do questionnaires, interview for their job, try and persuade them that you're working hard to keep their jobs and that this is just something that the the business is to safeguard. But that's when I started to see the behaviours and I remember actually going, and if you turned on me myself and I actually, my quote was, there's no pockets in a shroud, I'm going elsewhere, I come into the world with nothing. I'll leave with nothing. I've brought my daughter up on my own, done a degree on my own while bringing her up and working full time, and I will not treat people like this. I appreciate it's a business. I absolutely get it, and I appreciate we're trying to do things fairly, but this ain't fair. This isn't fair putting everybody up against each other in such a public way, like a collective, and then talking about them like their resources mm-hmm. I said so I'm over and out and they thought I was actually joking they're like you've got 21 years I says well perhaps you might um, offer me a redundancy package and we're like well Kim we can't because we've just promoted you so I give a three month notice which I've done at the time and got put on something that they called garden leave Aye. which suited me fine because I actually moved to overseas to Dubai for a few years so so it was all right and I mean see that thing that you reflected on about how you think gosh if I had known this when I was younger if I'd known this when I was in my 20s I would say if there is a theme that runs through over 150 podcasts that I've done with this question and this conversation then that is the theme that a lot of women say that or that comes across but if you look at that was very much based on your work wasn't it and what happened in your life obviously because it was your work yeah how has that bled into the rest of your life that real like I've only got one life I need to make the best of it how does that so it bleeds into your working life how else does it come into your life so I am from a a background uh people won't understand but gypsy travellers and no it's not gypsy travellers that they see on the tv making a mess fighting robbing stealing a lot or Businessmen who pay taxes, who contribute to society. Yeah. Not every one of them, but I mean, people that don't live in caravans and such as well. You know, there's good and bad in every walk of life. Mm-hmm. I was kind of brought into me to make the most of this life, live your life, treat people as you expect to be treated, be one for the underdog, never just go with it. You know, and a lot of these things were inbuilt into me a hard work ethic, and honesty. A really strong value there and um, being one for the underdog as well as to say but I liked education mm-hmm. and I used to feel a wee bit frustrated having to go away and not going to work and that's why I did the degree whilst I was 
had my daughter and was bringing her up. I always wanted the opportunity to do that. And my father, I remember him, um, he was an uneducated man. And uh, he saw me um, with a cape and everything on and the mortarboard and actually thought I was a, a doctor and says, can you come and have a look at this for me? Which was highly amusing. <laughs> so we talk about these having one life and unfortunately I came back from a holiday and I'd arranged to go and have something to eat with my father. And I went down to him, basically, and he passed away and I found him in his bed. Oh. So that was kind of the rude awakening to adulthood that I had. Now, I had um, grandparents that passed away, but nothing quite prepares you for um, yeah. seeing one of the most influential and loved people in your life lying in their bed. Mm-hmm. Not really taking any breaths anymore. Really he was looking fantastic, I will say. Right. Right. And someone says to me, and it was part of the grieving process, strangely enough, and they're like, Kim, I wish, I know your father was only 58, but my father is 89. He sat in the same armchair for the past 20 years with the same slippers, his fish on a Friday. Your father's lived 30 lifetimes. He lived his life, and I've always been a great advocate. Live your life, take chances. Yeah, you do things by the rule book sometimes, but you need to be a wee bit maverick. You go through life, I think I'd shared with me, I've got an aunt also who, I wouldn't say the, the word, we would have said murdered at the time, but it was actually a culpable homicide. Mm. Interesting life I've lived here. But young, only 37, leaving four children behind. That was uh-huh. quite traumatic to see uh-huh. that happening at the time as well. That was um, before my father, and in fact, turned my father to alcohol, to be honest, and... That was kind of the demise of him and my brother. So my brother turned to drugs because mm. they both witnessed a lot to do with this. Huge impact on the family, huge impact on me. And um, when I come back from holiday, I had to go and see my brother. And I knew that he was dead when I went to the hospital, basically. And I can't even say that I've recovered from that because I mean, he was 47 years old. Mm. He's my little brother. An ex-boyfriend and my actually ex-husband commit suicide. Two men, that's my daughter's father being one of them, under the age of 55. Mm. You see all this going along, you hear things happening in the world and you take things in your stride. Now that's more than a lifetime for anybody's book. And in between all of these things, I actually got diagnosed with breast cancer and had to go through chemotherapy, radiotherapy, surgery overseas on my own because I'd been working there. So I'm quite proud of myself. And I realise that there's one life and you make the best of it. And you, you treat people as you expect to be treated. You work hard. You try and give a wee bit back. Mm-hmm. That's what we all like to do. Yeah. But regardless of all of these things, that they're just horrific, they're horrible, they're heartbreaking, but this life is a good life, and it's for living. And I would hope to see many more years there, and I'm sure that's something you would resonate with as well. Aye. Um, Definitely, and I feel as if, you know, it's it's so much, and I hope that you're, you're okay sharing so much. I think often in my podcast, people come on and end up sharing more than they perhaps meant to. So 
I, I hope you that you you're that's your about, fault because you just pull this um, out with people know, you see and we will have a, a chat before before we sign off definitely after the podcast but even with all of that and you're right that is a lot right that is a lot mm-hmm. people tell me their stuff a lot because as you've said you know i've done a lot of these interviews and you fall in a heap you're like one of them faint and goats do you mm-hmm. and then somebody comes into their work one day and went oh i'm really stressed someone's coughed over there they might have covid and you're like do you know what Go and absolutely get real and walk a mile in my shoes. So you kind of laugh, but I do appreciate that everybody's got different tolerance uh-huh, levels have. and, so and even everything's with, personal to them. Uh-huh. So even with all of that, Cam, you know, you said you're 53. I know you. I've only met you in recent months, but we got on straight away. Very bubbly character, you know. We're looking forward to getting a few wines next time you're down in Glasgow. Absolutely. Um, you still feel very positive about the future? Yes, mm. I do. I mean, you can't be wired to the moon. And it was quite funny. One of my colleagues said to me a couple of weeks ago, come in, you're full of bears. And you reminded me of a dog on Zoomies or something. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I laughed because I was a bit hyper. I probably had too many, too many bars of chocolate that day or something oh. like that. But um, And I can I saw this in you the first time I, I met you. You know, us bubbly people were quite uplifted and whatever. Oh. Yeah, we are. But when we're having a bad day and we hit the deck, we kind of got to go into ourselves for a few days. And um, you get a, when you mature in life, you learn how to deal with these things. And sometimes we, we need a wee helping hand. And whether that's medication or well-being or whatever, you just yeah. do what's right exactly. for you. Exactly. And I really resonate with you. And I think there's probably a, a lesson in this for, for both of you. Like, I'm not sure if I had shared with you that my mum died when I was 13. And like... A couple of years ago, one of my neighbours, who's like in her 70s, cried every day to me about the fact her mum had died. Her mum was 98. Every day for months. And how often I came close to saying, will you just get to fuck? <laughs> Absolutely. You know. How could you still have a mall until last week? How is that possible that you still had a mall? But... I then had to be back in myself and say, well, that's not kind, Anne. And just because you were able to cope with it when you're 13, she's clearly coping worse with it as a woman in her 70s. And therefore, we're all on our own journeys, aren't we? Which is why sometimes you can't you can't think that everybody can make it through everything the way maybe you have, the way maybe I have. Do you reflect right. on that? I think, yep, I totally agree with you. I also think that society has changed and people's parenting skills and teaching skills. I sometimes talk to my my sister who works in education and, you know, she's four and five-year-olds coming in who um, can't go to the toilet, mm. who don't get breakfast before being dropped off, who verbally can't have a conversation and, and socially. And I think a lot of this has happened I mean, I don't think COVID really helped us. No. But I think technology is more to blame than COVID, quite frankly. I hate to say this because I do believe in digitalisation and as a race, we've really progressed and developed. It's it's magnificent, but it's been to the detriment of things. things. Kids can't talk to each other. They're socially inept. They don't know how to deal with situations. And then you've got people a similar kilter to ourselves. You know, we do a lot of coaching and mentoring, conflict resolution. People forget how to talk to each other. They forget how to respect. And most importantly, they forget how to listen. Yeah. 
actually think because I do do a lot of troubleshooting in organisations with people that don't get on and it's all very basic people think it's awful complicated and in my opinion it's very basic they forgot that there are two people sitting opposite each other how can we just bring this right back to the reality of we spend 35 hours a week at least here and therefore let's make it a bit better it's about making a choice it's about having some recognition and it's about being aware of the impact of your your actions, I think, isn't it? Well, absolutely. I mean, in my workplace just now, we've got a new team that's formed um, coming under business development, which is the marketing and communication side, and um, going through a cultural changes, a lot of behaviours and attitudes and positivity and what an impact they're making here. Yeah by talking to people, by trying to bring people together. It's absolutely needed, but um, the fresh eyes into the business are, are, are really welcome and they're making a lot of positive changes. So it's good to be part of that. That is. Oh, I so enjoyed speaking to you, Kim. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and sharing all your wisdom. I know, I'm very wise. Uh-huh. In fact, some people would say I'm no wise. <laughs> but yeah, keep going. It is a good life. I love watching stuff with my daughter. You know, she's professional footballer for years, got the Scotland caps, and um, she's now lecturing, nursing in social care, so she's doing good, you know, and regardless of her age, and I do have my own life, it's good to watch watch her getting on and uh, actually show off a bit and take a bit of the credit. My wee partner, yeah, she's found a wee bit tough this past while, but she makes me proud and she's done well, so good head on her shoulders. But I think, um, thank you to you for inviting us and um, you keep up the good work as well. Because these podcast things are, are really good and you might not realise it. A lot of people here want to talk about a lot of things. Exactly. No, they but do. this might just be a forum for them to do so. Exactly, and that's my wish for it. That when, when a, a woman stands in her truth, that, that those women who witness it also find a place to stand in their truth and be aware of what they know for sure. So thank you so much for shining a light on that too, Kim. You're very welcome and I look forward to that wine very soon. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.